of offending people who don't believe in Jesus. Oh, what do I think? Who cares? Let's tell them the truth. Don't give me, they're just living their truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. In other words, if it doesn't come from the book, it's not true. The President of the United States makes it very clear to Christians, your ideas are stupid and I don't respect you. Plus, we have to ask the question, why are kids more depressed than ever before? Could it be that we keep telling them that their past and future are both abominable? And we look at climate alarmism's long trail of misinformation. Plus, I tell you how to vote tonight on your favorite night of the week, The Deep End on Tim Hatch Live. The Deep End. Yeah, I'm going to tell you how to vote today. I hope you're ready for it. And if you have any questions about how to vote after tonight, I don't know what to tell you. But there is a way to vote that every Christian should be aware of and every Christian should absolutely vote. So I don't want to hear it that you think both parties are corrupt. I don't want to hear that you think, well, it's not going to make any difference. Well, it may not go the way you want, but at least you can say I had something to do with the result, even if it didn't go my way. Hey, welcome, everybody. It is Deep End Season 6, Episode 11. My name is Tim, and I am your humble host, and I'm so glad that you're here. If you'd hit that like button, the subscribe button, and the notification bell to get notified every time we go live, it's, it's about giving the beard some love. Am I right? Give the beard some love today here on the Deep End. It's so much to talk about today, and I hope that today I can keep this under an hour, but we'll see. I'm here to help you understand culture through the lens of scripture. And sometimes that requires me to upset you with what's happening in the world. You, you're going to see things on this channel and on this on this particular show that you may not like, may ruffle your feathers, may make you uncomfortable, but you need to know what's going on. I'm a big believer in at least knowing and seeing the signs of the times so that you're ready and your heart is stirred toward godly things. Sometimes it requires me to show you things in the Bible that you were never taught in Sunday school like aspects of God's character and ways that don't jive well with the imagined fairy tale version of Jesus who calmly carries lambs on his shoulders and never raises his voice or warns against the fires of hell. You know, the actual Jesus of the Bible that we don't want to see. We need to get perspective on the madness going on in our society through scripture. Scripture speaks to what's happening today. Scripture speaks to it all. And I've got a scripture for you that's imperative for you to hear. Does God, and this is a question that this scripture is going to answer in the affirmative, but does God send a delusion upon people's minds? Does God actually, and this might be hard even to hear this question, kind of move the ball down the field on the way to the crazy train, like on the crazy train? The answer is yes. I bring you to 2 Thessalonians 2.9, the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, look at these next words, everybody. God sends them a delusion, a strong delusion, so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Ladies and gentlemen, please understand what Scripture is teaching here in 2 Thessalonians 2. 2 Thessalonians 2 is talking about the end times. It's talking about the last days of the last days. It's talking about the fact that there's going to be a worldwide rebellion led by a lawless leader who will reject God. And he will actually perform signs and wonders, false signs and wonders, with the activity of Satan. He will deceive those who are perishing 
through these signs and wonders because, look at what it says, because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. And therefore, God says, okay, here you go. Here's the strong delusion. You're going to believe what's not true. You're going to reject what is true. And you're going to condemn yourselves through accepting these things. Now, I'm sure that this scripture was not something that you had read to you in Sunday school, but it is 100% true. And it is 100% coming to pass coming to pass. Sorry. Years ago, atheist and Oxford professor Richard Dawkins wrote a best-selling book named The God Delusion. In that book, he writes in response to the 9-11 attacks, because if you remember, the 9-11 attacks were, uh, were attacks based on the Muslim religion. But a lot of atheists took to their pens and paper to talk about how religion destroys and ruins everything. And if you believe in God, you're under delusion and you should just get away from that silly, worthless, foolish nonsense and believe in science. This, of course, from a scientist who is a professor at Oxford University, where, Doc, where Dawkins is employed, um, which was founded, ironically, on the Christian religion. But the title of the book is the title that I want to use today because there is a God delusion, not for those who believe in God, but for those who don't believe in him. For Western society is surely unable to continue the trajectory it is taking. And we're going to talk about the delusions God is sending to our culture, which should provide a warning to any Christian on the fence about flirting with the world. Now is not the time to be half-hearted in your faith. Ironically, even Dawkins himself admitted years later in 2018, maybe we shouldn't get rid of Orthodox Christianity. He tweeted out about how we would probably be replacing Orthodox Christianity with something that is far worse. And Dawkins is 100% right. And we are seeing it now. And it's why you wake up every single day and say, what on earth is going on? I'll tell you what's going on. It's ridiculous news. We'll talk about it here today on The Deep End. Ridiculous. So just when I thought that the Democrats couldn't tell Christians more clearly that they hate what we believe, um, things like this happen. A man who has been pretending to be a woman for 220 days got an invite to sit down with the president of the United States and interview him. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to talk about God's strong delusion. Looky here at Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney, we've had a conversation about this guy on the show before. He's been pretending to be a girl for about 200 days, like I just said. And he records his girlhood, his days of girlhood on TikTok for everybody to like and follow him. And he revealed that him and members of Now This News were visiting the White House for an interview that will be made public or was made public this past Sunday. Mulvaney said he wants to be a mom one day and he absolutely can. Okay. Adding that the narrative still has a long way to go. So here he is describing the excitement in a bathroom at a hotel as he's about to get ready to go to the White House. Watch. It's day 222 of being a girl. I'm in Washington, D.C., and I'm going to the White House to speak to the President of the United States. Oh. You know that phrase, I fear I may have girl boss too close to the sun? Well, that's how I feel today because I get to sit down with Joe Biden and now this news, and I get to ask him a few questions surrounding trans issues in the United States and talk to him about my transness. And I, I really just want to represent my community the best that I can. And you know what, as silly as I am on here, I'm ready to step up and show that trans people, we're not going anywhere. And that trans kids, they deserve a fighting chance to be their true selves, okay? Oh my God, I'm running late, let's go. And y'all are obviously wondering what I'm gonna wear to meet the president. Here you go. It's the trans flag colors. 
right? So heels. Okay, Dylan, you're gonna be great. I love you, let's go. Come on. Do you think I just knock on the front door? Let's go. Looking for the president's dog. Our queen, love you. I love you. Appropriate. We're about to go, is there anything in my teeth? Leaving on cloud nine. The president of the United States gave me a cookie. He gave me a cookie in the Oval Office. Okay, we can stop it there. This this is where we are headed as a culture. The most powerful office in the world decides to sit down with a guy putting on woman face. That's really what we should call this. This is woman face. If, if a white man puts on black makeup to pretend to be a black man, we call it black face. We should call a man pretending to be a woman, woman face. And the serious questions began. The videos were then released later of him asking President Biden important issues on policy like this. This is my 221st day of publicly transitioning. God and, love you. Uh, yeah. First, I'm sorry. First, the president shows, you know, profusive love for Dylan. And then the serious questions begin. Watch. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. Yeah, so it's wrong, according to President Biden. And this is a very important policy position to take right now. Uh, as this meme rightly highlights, the streets are filled with crime or homelessness. The borders are wide open for drugs and human trafficking to come in without restraint right into our country. But the president is committed to making sure that a guy named Dylan can pretend to be a woman for 200 days and find his way into the most powerful house in the world. And I have a question. I have a question. Where on earth are the feminists? Where are you guys? You should be stepping up here and defending yourselves. Because if you ask me at this point, you're all frauds. You were fighting for women's rights and equality. And here you have a man getting a position, a place, a seat at the table with the president of the United States, who's only pretended to be a woman for 220 days. These are the delusions, however, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get back to the point. These are the strong delusions that God, let's go back to the text, is sending to those who do not believe. We do not get worried. We do not get anxious. We do not wonder what is happening. We say, oh, that's right. This is what God said would happen. It's the God delusion that was foretold 2,000 years ago by God himself through Holy Scripture, inspired by the Holy Spirit, written through the Apostle Paul to the church in Thessalonica in the first century. Amazing, amazing to see it come to pass. And there are other delusions, not just the trans cult, but also the, this delusion, the Church of the Antichrist. There was a time when the United Methodist Church was a harbinger for truth, was devoted to sanctification, personal reformation, and conformity to the character of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, those days are long over. The long slide of liberalism that great theologians in the 20th century warned us about has finally arrived to a place where God has literally blasphemed vocally and physically on a regular basis in some of America's oldest and most heralded mainline denominations. In May, a UMC church installed its first drag queen pastor. I kid you not, a drag queen pastor. Again, a guy pretending to be a woman named Isaac Simmons dresses in drag and preaches. He calls himself Penny Cost. I think we've talked about him also on the channel before. 
He has a spoken word video out where you can watch where he basically blasphemes the entire time, saying, quote, God is nothing. Uh, the, the drag evangelist repeats throughout the poem, saying the Bible is nothing, religion is, no, is nothing, end quote. Uh, in the end, he concludes that God and the Bible are nothing unless we, quote, yield or wield it into something, end quote. So God is blasphemed publicly, unashamedly, like never before. What is this? It is God's strong delusion. These are former churches. These are churches that used to preach scripture, believe scripture, teach scripture, and follow scripture, and now they denounce scripture. Again, God sends them a strong delusion so that they believe what is false. This is not new, but this is absolutely happening according to God's truth from 2,000 years ago. Now, notice that the delusion starts when the denominations like the UMC or the Episcopalians reject things like sin, reject things like repentance, and then start to give people messages that they want to hear. What Paul warns about in the book of Timothy, he talks about that there will come a time when people will no longer put up with, with, with doctrine, with truth, with biblical, and they will gather around themselves teachers who will tell them what their tingling ears want them to hear. And in the last century, it was because the evolution or the arrival of scientific discovery forced a lot of preachers into a corner. Will you believe in the miraculous and the supernatural as the Bible talks about, or will you Will you capitulate to culture, which says everything can be understood scientifically and there's no such thing as miracles. And so if you believe in miracles, you're outdated and on the wrong side of history. So reject the miracles and tell people just to be good people. That's what the mainline churches did in the 20th century. In today's century, I fear that there is another move that rejects truth and soothes the tickling ears of hearers. This is the positive preacher, motivational speaking movement. It is a very popular form of Christianity. I don't know if even it's called Christianity anymore. It tells people what they want to hear. You're awesome. God is with you. You're never going to stop. You're never going to lose. Don't worry. Keep pressing on to your dreams. You are right where you belong to be. There's no one like you. You are the best thing ever. God is your fan. God is your buddy. And this messaging is very seductive because it's all about you. It's all about how great you are. And God is your amazing supernatural special assistant to help you get where you want to be. And I believe that that kind of teaching, much like the anti, much like the scientific capitulation of the last century, this motivational kind of preaching of this century is now starting to capitulate to the liberal agenda as well. And it is another slippery slope that will lead to many people being falsely led astray and into a, a wrong version of Christian faith in fact, a denial of Christian faith. I give you news from Texas. This was shocking to me, okay? Beto O'Rourke is running for governor of Texas. Now, this is a man who would absolutely esteem the drag queen affirming church. This is a man who is absolutely devoted to unfettered access to abortion and is one of the most liberal truth-denying politicians running for, for, for office this cycle. He showed up at a church that I used to have great respect for, amazingly, and I'm shocked to say it. He showed up at Bishop T.D. Jake's church, the Potter's House Church in Dallas, Texas. Now, if you watch T.D. Jake's preach today, he is all about self-motivation. He is all about you, you, you. You're awesome. You're great. There's no one like you. Keep on the fight. Keep going, pressing on. Older T.D. Jake's preaching wasn't like that. It was centered on the person and work of Christ. It was centered on, on interpreting scripture. He has morphed, as many Bible preachers have over the last 20 to 30 years. 
And he has morphed to the point where now he gets an he invites someone like Beto O'Rourke to come and worship at his church. He shakes his hand. He poses for the photo op. And I have questions. Why? Why, TD? Why? Now, let me make two points here before you, before you say what you think you're going to say in objection to what I'm saying. As far as I can tell, point number one, Beto O'Rourke did not speak at the church. He, he did not have a campaign stop at the church, but he did use it as a photo op on his campaign. As far as I know, he simply attended Bishop T.D. Jake's church. That's number one. But number two, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying he shouldn't be allowed in the church. I think it's great that he goes to church. I don't think that the photo op was a good move by Pastor Jake's. That's just my opinion. I think that every politician, no matter what their views are, should come to our churches and we should preach Christ and him crucified, repentance from sin, uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit fullness, and we should draw them to Christ, whoever they are. So I'm glad that he went to church, but this doesn't look good. This is a politician, Beto O'Rourke, who literally said just two years ago he would remove the tax-exempt status from churches that don't perform gay weddings on a CNN town hall. Watch. This is from your LGBTQ plan, and here's what you write. This is a quote. Freedom of religion is a fundamental right, but it should not be used to discriminate. Do you think religious institutions uh, like colleges, churches, charities, should they lose their tax-exempt status if they oppose same-sex marriage? Yes to the applause of the crowd. There can be no reward, no benefit, no tax break for anyone or inst any institution, any organization in America that denies the full human rights and the full civil rights of every single one of us. And so as president, we're going to make that a priority and we are going to stop those who are infringing upon the human rights of our fellow Americans. Congressman, thank you. Yeah. So right there from the horse's mouth, as they like to say, he literally said the tax exempt status of your church is is definitely on the chopping block if you don't perform gay marriage. That's what that's where they're going. That's absolutely. He said the quiet part out loud. This is stuff that I knew oh, 20 years ago from the Democratic Party. They are on that trajectory and they are going in that direction. Now, he may have retracted these statements as he's running for governor in Texas because you can't win the governorship in Texas by saying we're going to take away the tax exempt status of churches who don't perform gay weddings. So he probably retracted it. And I'm sure somebody could put a link in the in the comments and let me know that he retracted it. But he said it. OK, he said it. It was two years ago. He'll say whatever he needs to say to get a Elected. That's what bad politicians do. And this is now starting to creep into the church. This is the slippery slope, though. We want to be friends with everybody. We want to have Beto O'Rourke at our church. We want a glad hand. We want to grandstand with these important people in culture. But the, the point that I need to make is, do you not understand that they're part of the problem? Do you not understand that they are absolutely against you and they want to undermine the word of God through you? It's confusing to the people when a pastor does this because then the people say, well, I guess I guess this pro-abortion uh, anti-church guy is actually telling me the truth. A pastor has a responsibility to guard and keep the sheep, the, the life of a pastor. He's got to make, make sure that he maintains a, 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 a proper decorum in public. He, he's got to do the right thing with the right people and, and, and watch out who you platform 
I mean, this is nothing new, by the way, for many churches. They platform politicians all over the place. I've talked about this. The only complaints are had when it's a Republican getting platformed at a church. When a Democrat gets platformed at the church, there's no problem. The, the news media loves it because that's their side. But a church has to protect the people. A pastor has to protect the flock. And he has to protect them from the wolves that would seek to lead them. And that has everything to do with politics. But the slippery slope is real. And I fear that a lot of these self-help motivational preachers are falling into a new delusion of their own that God is sending upon them. And if you're in one of these churches, you got to be warned. you got to be careful. It's unbelievable what's happening. Like, again, back to the UMC. Once a harbinger of truth, righteousness, repentance, the Methodist movement based on Methodism, which meant that you systematically worked to progress towards sanctification with the Holy Spirit to a point where you could become perfected in this life. I don't agree with that, the- that theology, by the way, but, but they pursued righteousness and they hated sin and they and believed that you had to avoid all kinds of sin. This is now the church that is embracing drag queen pastors and at their main seminary in the United States, Duke University Seminary, they had a chapel for pride, a chapel service for pride. This is at the Goodson Chapel Service of the Word, Tuesday, March 22nd, 2002. The Duke Divinity Chapel Service opened with a female, I don't know, priest or minister saying the following. Watch the blasphemy unfold. Good morning, the holy and queer one be with you. (laughs) Good morning and welcome to worship. My name is Caroline Camp. I use she, they pronouns. I am the communications coordinator for Duke Divinity Pride and I am ecstatic to see this worship space so full and so vibrant with color. Thank you all for being here at the first ever Divinity Pride Worship Collaboration. Applause, unbelievable. to thank everybody who had a hand in making this happen from the chaplain's office to those who folded the bulletins to the music and to you thank you for being here today we at divinity pride want to create a worship space that honors and celebrates all of our unique and good identities there you go today you will hear from four amazing speakers and three beautiful soloists they don't worship christ they worship their identity their experiences with the god who calls them we want their to experience is not god's story who they truly are who they truly to are step into the holy one's fire very motivational that burns away all that says we are not good enough <laughs> Step into the holy fire. By the Pentecostal fire to be who exactly the great queer one calls us Yikes. to be. Let the spirit move you today. Lift your hands and your voices and dance in whatever way is most freeing for you. Would you please stand, step into this worship space, and pray with me the words found in your bulletin and on the screen. Okay, that's enough. I can't do it anymore because the prayer is so blasphemous. I I even feel uh, convicted to share any of that with you here on the channel. This is the slippery slope. 
and I fear there are many motivational pastors. Think about how motivational that message was for the queers in the crowd there. Oh, be your true self. There's no one like you. You're amazing. Just follow your heart. Follow your inner self. That's who you need to be. And that's exactly on many levels what we get from the popular preachers of today's pulpits. We don't get repentance anymore. We don't get sin talking about. We don't get righteousness, warnings, hell. No, none of those things. We cut. Why? We don't want to offend. We don't want to lose people from our crowd. And because we don't want to lose people from the crowd and we're really serving the crowd and not Christ, we'll do whatever it takes to obliterate truth about Christ to gain the crowd. This is exactly what Jesus talked about. He told us this would happen, and Paul warned us this would happen, and Peter and John, they warned us that this would rise up toward the end of days. False teachers would proliferate this nonsense, and it is a slippery slope. I, I bring you a quite ironic quote from John Wesley himself. He said, quote, what one generation tolerates, the next generation will embrace. And so for one generation, we tolerated redefining marriage and redefining humanity, and now this next generation is going to not only embrace Embrace it, but move the ball further down the field. These are the strong delusions that God is sending. God is sending. Unbelievably so, but it is true. And I'm just trying to show you this is actually quite exciting at the same time alarming. It's alarming because it's hideous, but it's exciting because it's prophecy from 2,000 years ago coming to pass right before our eyes in some of the most hallowed institutions in our countries or in Western civilizations, history, Oxford, Duke, uh, you know, Harvard, these, these places are being handed over to delusions that God sends to appropriately judge them for rejecting him. Another delusion is the climate alarmism cult. Years ago, it was the church warning and predicting the end of the world. Today, it is the secularists who want to raise your taxes endlessly and get you reliant on government-controlled electrical grids so they can control where you go and how you live. And endless pieces have been talking about this. Endless predictions. We'll get to the predictions. But there's a cost to be paid for predicting the end of the world, particularly amongst the young. I bring you this piece from the New York Times. Quote, teenagers are telling us that something is wrong with America. This is an opinion piece, so take it for what it's worth in that regard. But the writer talks about how teenagers are showing us adults what we're doing wrong. Now, on the merits, I categorically reject that notion that teenagers tell us anything of substance. Teenagers don't even have their frontal cortex fully formed yet. We need to stop listening to the teens. We need to stop following the youngest members of the tribe and start hallowing and heralding the older members of the tribe who have gained some wisdom by being grown-ups. But this is the New York Times, and what do you expect? So the article says the following, quote, we've, known, we've long known that suicide can be contagious without quite understanding how or why. In my practice as a psychoanalysis in New York, I recently worked with a 13-year-old girl whose friend had committed suicide during the pandemic and who had begun to feel suicidal herself. Teenagers are notoriously suggestible to peers who buffer the nascent sense of self. So the 54% increase in suicides in the 10 to 24 age group between 2007 and 2020 is a serious cause for alarm. Okay, right there in the first page, right there in the first paragraph, teenagers are notoriously susceptible to peers. Again, yeah, that's true. So why should we listen to them? We need to be teaching them. And if they are suicidal, it's not their fault. And they're not telling us that they're wrong. They're telling us that what we've been telling them is wrong. Now, look at how the article actually unfolds for you to show you that it's really real. This climate alarmism and 
this uh, racism narrative that has led to a rise in depression rates amongst our young. Look what it says, quote, listening to my patient, it was a it was a question about an unpredictable future that seemed most salient in her suicidal ruminations. This girl, who I would call by her first initial B to protect her privacy, spoke passionately about what climate change, about racism, about inequality, about all the mental health issues of her friends who were on this medication and that medication and had eating disorders, attention disorders, self-harming behaviors and depression. Her burgeoning sexuality was also greeted as a threat. How can I be sexual, a sexual woman in this environment? Okay, so right. Right there, the 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 article writer is answering her own question. She, as a psychoanalyst, misses the forest for the trees. Our teens are trying to tell us something is wrong. What they are trying to tell us is we have totally robbed them of both their past and their future. Here's how it goes. Climate alarmism tells them their future is doom. Racism tells them their past is horrific. And they don't even belong here on this land because we stole it after all. So take med for your, meds for your feelings of hopelessness and then be sexual however you want to. Although you might not know what your gender or sexuality is just yet. You might be bi, you might be straight, you might be pansexual. Who knows who you are? Whatever sexual expression you want or feel, well, just do it. And this is, again, missing the forest for the trees. We cannot be telling kids these things and then expect anything less than total devastation of their spirits, than emotional handicapped natures, because they need hope. They need to know that their past, while it might have some holes in it, is not to be totally annihilated on the altar of modern wokest theologies or ideologies. And we need to tell them that they are valuable, not because of where they come from or where they're going, but because of who made them. And these are truths that we don't tell kids anymore. And then we wonder why they're at astronomical rates getting depressed and committing suicide. They are depressed. They should be depressed. We've been telling them their past and their future are both terrible. But again, this is a God delusion. Um, the future is bleak, according to these people. I take, I, I, I give you, for instance, the notorious doomsday clock, which is just such a joke. In January 2020, they moved it ahead 20 seconds closer to midnight. These are the climate alarmists. This is a, this is a cult saying that we are closer than ever before to global uh, catastrophe in history. I mean, who is buying this stuff? This, by the way, in January 2020, happened five years after January uh, 2015, where they moved it to 1258. And so I guess it's 1258 and 20 seconds now. <laughs> so we have about a minute and 40 seconds left on the doomsday clock. By the way, notice how they upgraded the clock. This is the picture of the clock from 2015. It was just a couple of cardboard cutouts. And uh, in 2020, they actually made it like a 3D printed version of the clock. So they're upgrading the clock. But if you pay attention and listen to people with cardboard cutouts of clocks that are, that are timed at 1158 and they tell you you got two minutes left to live, man, I give you absolute permission to feel depressed. You tell the kids that their past is horrible because of racism and the future is disgusting because of climate change and it's all their fault and they don't have any reason to live. Mind you, we often mention this on the deep end because we're about truth here. The countless times, maybe the innumerable times, that the climate alarmism never came to pass. I'm just going to put a list here up on the screen in case you haven't kept track of all the climate alarmism since the 1960s. Here's a list of the headlines that never came true since 1966. 1966, 10 years, the planet runs out of oil. Uh, let's skip ahead. 1970, Americans will have to ration water food later, no later than 1974 and 1980. Uh, 1978, gradual cooling has begun and will last 30 years. Uh, 
okay, now they say it's warming or it's cooling. No, that, let's just change it to climate change because then whatever it does, we can claim it's climate change. 1980, I remember this. Acid rain will kill all life in lakes. Uh-huh, didn't happen. 2002, widespread hunger will set in within 10 years. That was 2012. You should have been hungry and you should be probably thin as rail right now, but it did not happen. 2008, all Arctic glaciers will disappear completely by 2018. Didn't happen. 2014, we only have 500 days until climate chaos sets in. Again and again and again and again, the false prophecies of climate doom don't come to pass, but it doesn't stop people from believing these lies because they are delusions. They are delusions that God sends upon the earth to them that do not believe in the one who holds the world in his hand, the one who told us not to be alarmed at these things. Even when we see earthquakes, even when we see pestilence and famines, don't be alarmed. Don't get upset because you know that these are just birth pains. The end is still yet to come. Now, all of these false teachers, all these false climate alarmisms, they have a godfather. The godfather's name is Dr. Paul Elrich. And I've talked about this guy on the channel before many years ago, I think season two. He's a, he's a biologist. He's been doing this shtick since the 1970s, talking about the never ending, never coming end of the world. Watch this video from the 1970s. There is little doubt that someday the ice will return. At least eight times in the past million years, it has advanced and retreated with clockwork regularity. If we are unprepared for the next advance, the result could be hunger and death on a scale unprecedented in all of history. What scientists are telling us now is that the threat of an ice age is not as remote as they once thought. During the lifetime of our grandchildren, Arctic cold and perpetual snow could turn most of the inhabitable portions of our planet into a polar desert. Yeah. Per perpetual snow. Now, now, keep that in mind because it always keeps changing. So, uh, a couple more examples. This is from the LA Times. A dire famine was set in by 1975. Didn't happen. This is from Paul Elrich, again, the godfather of all this nonsense. Since said we will all disappear in a blue cloud of smoke by 1979. I'm still here, aren't you? <laughs> this is from the Boston Globe, 1970. Our air pollution may obliterate the sun and cause a new ice age in the first third of the next century. We're already in the first third of the new century, and there's no ice age to be had. In fact, they tell us it's warming up. You see how they go back and forth? Again, make it climate change, not, not global warming, because that's an in, that's a, <laughs> that's a inconvenient truth, as they like to say, about their falsehoods. Uh, this is Elrich saying that America will be subject to water, water rationing by 1974, food rationing by 1980. The New York Times posted this in 1995 that most of the beaches on the East Coast would be gone by 2020. Yes, 25 years later. They're still there. And they also predicted that they were disappearing at a rate of two to three feet a year. So if the beaches are disappearing at a rate of two to three feet per year, then why did the Obamas buy this house, which is really close to the water, ocean water, if you don't, if you don't see it there? Uh, he better enjoy it because he's losing two to three feet of oceanfront property every year. He's got about 20, 20 years left. Take this article from Salon, which predicted that the West Side Highway along the Hudson River in Lower Manhattan would be underwater by 2019. So far, nope. And then a prediction that I wouldn't mind coming true. In 2015, The Independent wrote a piece called Snowfall. Snowfalls are just now a thing of the past. Snowfall is starting to disappear from our lives. Man, being from New England, I would have been okay with that kind of global climate change. It didn't happen. I think actually the very next year in New England, we had one of the most snowiest years in history. And then you have the UN inviting Hollywood actors to speak on the doom that is to come, that never comes. Like the 150-foot yacht-owning actor Leo DiCaprio, who said this. 
Every week we're seeing new and undeniable climate events, evidence that accelerated climate change is here right now. Mm -hmm. Droughts are intensifying, our oceans are acidifying, with methane plumes rising up from the ocean floor. We are seeing extreme weather events and the West Antarctic and Greenland ice sheets melting at unprecedented rates, oh, Lord. decades ahead of scientific projections. <laughs> none of this is rhetoric and none mm. of it is hysteria. Mm. It is fact. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure by now, too, uh, YouTube has put the climate change Wikipedia article down below here. Yeah, the um, absolutely uh, absconded Wikipedia, uh, absconded by the liberal progressives and secularists who want to indoctrinate you. So they're there to make sure that, you know, what I'm telling you is, of course, not true. <laughs> uh, take, for instance, uh, the fear mongering of young AOC, Cong uh, con young Congresswoman AOC in the Bronx. Alarming people at a conference declaring with absolute certainty that, and this is, by the way, about four years ago, we only have 12 years left. So now eight years ago, here she says and we're it. like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is your your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? And like, this is the war. This is our World War Two. Gee, I wonder why the kids are so depressed. We keep telling them they don't have much time. And by the way, birth rates have plummeted in this country amongst the young. Millennials are depressed today. Do you know why? Because they don't do the things they should have done years ago. They thought they were told that they only had 12 years left. So why have children? Children bring great joy to your life. I can attest to that. I have three of my own. I wish I had more, honestly. They're hard to raise, but man, after a while, they really produce so much good in your life and they are a joy to have. And they make sure that you're not alone when you grow older. Imagine thinking that you had 12 years left so you don't have kids and then you live 24 more years without kids and you're all alone and it's too late to have kids. Or you get sterilized through puberty blockers at 16 because mom affirmed you instead of correcting you and now you can't produce children and so you're destined to live a life alone and regret. This is where we're leading the kids. It's no wonder why the suicide rates are skyrocketing. It's no wonder why people are so at odds with themselves, with reality, and with each other. Instead of doing the good things, the God things, like getting married, having babies, having a job, keeping your hands busy, producing something for yourself, looking upon your work and enjoying it, Ecclesiastes chapter four, enjoying the life that God gives you, you are now left isolated on your phone to Instagram your way to celebrity and fame <laughs> amongst a innumerable competition i mean unbelievable how we have lied and misled the younger generation today alarmism in the climate this is a cult it reminds me by the way of the preachers in the 1980s the stuff that i grew up with i, I remember when a guy uh named edgar weisenhunt wrote a book called 88 reasons why the rapture will happen in 1988 and it didn't happen but that didn't deter him that book sold 4.5 million copies in 1988 or 1987 and when it didn't happen, he was not deterred. He came out with another book called The Final Shout, Rapture Report 1989, which I'm sure also sold a bunch of copies because there's money to be made in fear-mongering. Undeterred by the 1989 prediction not coming true, he wrote another book called 23 Reasons Why a Pre-Tribulation Rapture Looks Like It Will Occur on Rosh Hashanah 1993. Shh. 
sheesh, it never ends with these people. But the climate alarmism, that's how it works. They just keep changing the data to make sure that they can keep scaring you into believing they're right. Because one day, maybe, yeah, they'll be right when Jesus Christ actually does return. Is that coming soon? I'm not going to tell you. It's going to happen. I don't know when. He told me I will never know when. It's my job to live faithfully before God according to his word and be ready no matter when it happens. But the climate alarmism, this is what they do. The Perhaps the best illustration of how they always change their predictions to suit their failures comes from an article in CNN Travel. The title of the article, quote, Glacier National Park is replacing signs that predicted its glaciers would be gone by 2020. So this is funny. So at the Glacier National Park, they had a warning sign that, okay, enjoy the glaciers now, but by 2020, they're going to be gone. So, you know, forget about it. Well, in 2017, they had... Um, there, there were still uh, glaciers there, so they had to replace the signs. And now they don't even have much money to replace the signs, but they're going to replace the signs. And the new signs will say, when they completely disappear depends on how and when we act. One thing is consistent. The glaciers in the park are shrinking. So <laughs> you are the problem. Enjoy looking at them and enjoy your vacation. But you're the problem for why they're smaller today than they were yesterday. <laughs> the science keeps changing to suit the agenda. And it makes me ask a very important, very penetrating question. If the climate science has been wrong this much so often, what else is the science wrong, wrong about? Right? Like, again, you need to discern what you keep hearing about the scientists. I'll never forget the moment that Brian Stelter of CNN had the founder of their weather channel on to discuss climate change and then took so the constant rhetoric that 97% of scientists agree about the human effects of climate change. And this is how it went. Watch this. It's absolute gold. Check it out. I resent you calling me a denier. That is a, a word meant to put me down. I'm a skeptic about climate change. And I want to make it darn clear, Mr. Kenny is not a scientist. I am. He's the CEO of the Weather Channel now. I was the founder of the Weather Channel, not the co-founder. And I'm glad you did, because I am addicted to the Weather Channel. I watch a lot I'm of cable news. Now. Hold on just well, a minute. I'm not done. And CNN has taken a very strong position on global warming that is that it is a consensus. Well, there is no consensus in science. Science isn't a vote. Science is about facts. And if you get down to the hard, cold facts, uh, there's no question about it. Climate change is not happening. There is no significant man-made global warming now. There hasn't been any in the past, and there's no reason to expect any in the future. There's a whole lot of baloney, and yes, it is. it has become a big political point of the Democratic Party and part of their platform, and I regret it's become political instead of scientific, but the science is on my side. I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion about the topic right here. What I do wonder, well, I know though, is when not, you see... you wouldn't the... allow it to happen on CNN, but I'm happy well, that we, I got on the air and got a chance to talk to your, uh, to your viewers. Hello, everybody. What there I do, is no global warming. Go for what it, I do wonder is go when you it. see the government, when you see NASA, when you see other institutions say that 97% of climate scientists agree... Go. Do you think they're making it up? I, I, what I don't understand is how you well, square that. Well, that's a manipulated that. figure, and let me explain it to you. Uh, the the uh, government puts out about $2.5 billion directly for climate research every year. A lot of money. It only gives that money to scientists who will produce scientific results that support the global warming hypothesis of the Democrat Party of position. So they don't have any choice. Mm. If you're going to get the money, 
you've got to support their position. Yeah. Therefore, 97% of the scientific reports published support global warming. Why? Because those are the ones the government pays for, and that's where the money is. Yep. It's real simple. But that doesn't mean it's right. That doesn't make it true. That only makes it bought and paid for. The money goes in circles. I'm not a scientist. I'm not. Yeah, you're not a scientist. That's right. And maybe we should listen to that scientist. But again, he makes a very valid point. And I would encourage you to research it for yourself. Don't just click on that little Wikipedia link that they just put up there. And we're going to talk about COVID in a moment. So they're going to be really conflicted over at YouTube as to which which warning where they should put below this video. Um, so again, the fear mongering works amongst the uninformed and stupid. As kids who have been trained to hate their past and fear their future have decided to destroy the past for the sake of the future, I bring you this rise of climate crisis kids destroying sacred historical works of art in the name of climate protest. These kids go to the art museum and they toss mashed potatoes, tomatoes, whatever, sit down and glue their hands to the wall in demonstration of, hey, we hate the past because we have no future, and <laughs> you people need to change things. Instead of actually doing something, how about recycling? <laughs> Go out and clean the oceans, you brats. These are people who have the time, though, to get to these museums and these works of art. I was thinking about it. These are trust fund kids. Only trust fund kids don't have to go to Starbucks and work 12 hours a day. They have time to go find the sacred painting, the, the historical painting in the museum. I myself would not know where to go to find those paintings. They know. Do you know why? Because they don't have any jobs. They have trust funds that help them live such privileged lives. Anyway, these are the God delusions that God is sending upon the world because men refuse to love the truth, the truth that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, the truth that God created the world, the truth that God is over all things, the truth that there is going to be an end. The end will arrive at the arrival of the Son of the Most High God, Jesus Christ. And our faith is not in what they say around the scientists and the alarmists and the LGBT cultists and all those kind of redefiners of society. Our faith is in the living word of God, 2,000 years and going strong, and it will never stop. Don't get tired, friend. Don't get tired as you see these things rise. I bring you a quote from Russian grandmaster, Russian grand chess master, sorry, Gary Kasparov. He said, quote, the point of modern propaganda is not only to misinform or push an agenda. It is to exhaust your critical thinking so as to annihilate truth. This is what they want. They want you tired. They want you worn out. They want to talk you down. Can I tell you honestly that sometimes I wake up to do the show and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do it today. I just don't know if I have what it takes. And I get, I, even as I prepare this content, I'm like, Lord, this is really alarming. But it has to be, it has to be done. We, we preachers have a responsibility to call out the lies of our age, whether they be deliberate lies or unintended lies. We have a responsibility to call it out for the sake of the church. And to that end, it's time for me to do some politic and tell you who to vote for. Yes, I'm politic because <laughs> all these preachers are having all of these Democratic leaders uh, pander to their congregations without any kind of discernment as to whether or not they should. So here on the deep end, I decided I would tell you who to vote for. So who should you vote for? I'm going to give you a very simple list, and it's a kind of a remember when list. A couple of months ago, I did the COVID in memoriam video. Go back and watch it, if you will, because we can't afford to forget what happened for two and a half years to our lives. So which politician should you vote for? You think I'm going to tell you D or R? No, I'm going to tell you 
this. Which politician from either party did the following? Demanded that you shelter in place and mask up. Kept you out of work, socially isolated for months or maybe years. Separated you from your dying relative in the name of quote-unquote science. Kept churches closed while encouraging lawless protests. Backed vaccine mandates, forcing many to lose their jobs for not complying. Or supports currently gender confusion in public education or supports murdering unborn innocents for whatever reason. And if your politician checks any of those boxes, don't vote for them, vote for their opponent. Now, this is going to require work on your part. You're going to have to find out which ones believe which. I did a little research. It took me about 13 seconds to find out that this is what Joe Biden believes. He tweeted out a couple of days ago, actually yesterday, if we elect two more Democratic senators and keep control of the House, here's my promise to the American people. The first bill I will send to Congress will be to codify Roe v. Wade. When passed, I will sign it in January, 50 years after Roe was decided the law of the land. By the way, Roe was not decided the law of the land. Courts cannot make laws. They can only interpret laws. So he is on the side of making a law that you can murder your unborn child right up until the moment of birth. And he has the news people on his side to make sure that you are cajoled into his point of view. I just give you one example from The Guardian. Look at the article on the left, 2009, The Story of Life. It says this, the astonishing 1960s photographs that changed forever the way we think about unborn children. Unborn children is highlighted. That's an article from 2009. Well, fast forward to the post Roe v. Wade decision, uh, Dobbs decision of the Supreme Court, and we get to 2022 where it says what a pregnancy actually looks like before 10 weeks in pictures in 13 U.S. states. Abortion is banned even in the earliest stage of pregnancy, but we rarely see such t- what such tissue really looks like. So, you know, if we need to make sure that we can kill our unborn babies and the science and the pictures aren't on our side, well, just change the science and the pictures. That is how it works. That is how the indoctrination continues. Now, I hear what some of you are saying, and I would even like to say that I heard it from one of my deep end members, one of my team members today, uh, not today, yesterday, as we discussed this show. And you might be saying this yourself, but Tim, all politicians are corrupt. So I'm just voting for bad people no matter what. Well, I will agree with you that all people are corrupt. Everyone has sin. Everyone sins and deceives and lies and protects themselves and tries to do what they think is right. Yep, absolutely. And many people are wrong. Even I myself could be wrong about many things. But the Bible is not wrong. God's word is not wrong. And some ideas are not wrong. And some ideas are. See, you have to separate the person from the policy. Forget about the corruption of the person. Ask yourself about the corruption or the truth of the policy. Is the policy in line with God's word, such as murdering the innocent, which God hates, Proverbs 6, uh, such as the redefinition of humanity, God made them male and female, Okay, such as the limitation of governmental powers, government should be protecting you, not providing everything for you, Romans chapter 13. Do the research yourself. What does the politician stand for? And which politician is at least saying they will legislate ideas that more align with biblical moral values? I'm not calling for theocracy. I don't want theocracy. I don't want the government telling anybody to worship. But I do want a government that protects humans and helps them flourish in league with the truth that God has outlined in his word about what that really looks like. Now, to close out the episode just to mess with YouTube so that they don't know which banner to put underneath this video to warn you about what I'm saying is false. Let's do COVID crazy. This week in COVID crazy. 
So going back to who you should vote for, the question is, which one, which politician wants to control my life and my children? Which one thinks I'm too stupid to make decisions for myself? And which one wants to be an authoritarian over my life? I give you news out of parents.com. The CDC committee voted unanimously, by the way, to add COVID-9 vaccine to recommended immunization schedule. Now make sure that you pay attention to the news. I'm not reporting false news. It says that they recommended it. It doesn't mean that they're going to mandate it. But guess what that's going to take? Guess how that's going to play out? It's going to play out on a state-by-state, governor-by-governor basis. So if your governor is pro-vaccine, he's probably going to mandate it for your kids to go to school. This is right now the time to call your governor and say, absolutely not. I don't care if you think they'll listen or not. Make the phone call. Call them and tell them, I absolutely do not want a code vaccine mandate for my child to go to school. The science is still changing. I'll give you a show. I'll give you a show you can listen to and learn about this. It's called the deep end. <laughs> so anyway, the CDC votes this, and wouldn't you know? Like a day later, Pfizer decided to hike its COVID vaccine price to one hundred and ten to one hundred and thirty dollars per dose. That's four times the current price. How amazing is that? Wow! When the government recommends, the prices go up. Isn't that something? It reminds me of when uh, Biden decided to give people the $7,500 tax rebate if you bought an EV and all the EV makers raised their prices by $7,500. Isn't it fun when government gets involved in the economy? So this article says Pfizer expects to roughly quadruple its price of the COVID vaccine uh, to $130 per dose. After the United States government current purchase program expires, the U.S. government currently pays around $30 per dose. Uh, and then the uh, representative said, we are confident that the U.S. price point of the COVID-19 vaccine reflects its overall cost effectiveness and ensures the price will not be a barrier for access for patients. Of course not, because the government will make sure that they pay for it with your money. <laughs> and this all happening when the director of the CDC tested positive for COVID-19, despite her being up to date on all of her vaccines. Yes, the report from the CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Wilinski tested positive for COVID-19. She's up to date with the vaccine. She's experiencing mild symptoms and she is isolating at home uh, with senior staff members and yada, yada, yada. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, please do not miss it. All people are corrupt. Not all ideas are. Vote accordingly. All people are corrupt. Not all ideas are. Vote accordingly. Your vote does matter. If you are in a state that is going to go the other way and you know it, don't listen to the people who say that. They want you not to vote. Of course they want you not to vote. By the way, you should be involved in the political process by calling your legislators and making sure that you show up. I say this all the time on the show. Make sure you do it. Participate because we can't just sit here and watch the country and the culture deteriorate. Yes, God is sending them a strong delusion. Back to our text that we began this show with, that he sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false and know that they may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And I believe, and I do, and I've said this before, I do believe all this nonsense, this climate alarmism, the, the, the gender confusion and the subsequent sterilization of minors and sex reassignment surgeries for minors, this is, in many respects, the judgment of God upon a generation that does not want to worship him. And that means that it is now more imperative than ever that we worship him and follow him and stay, stay tied to the truth. Because here's the final thing, okay? Are you ready for a bit of good news? Here's really good news. God is active and working and still changing anyone by the power of Jesus Christ. Let's do this in closing. Really good news. Really, really, really good. That's really good news. It's good. I give you oil, um, 
Ollie London. This is a man who lived for six months as a woman and is now detransitioning. And the reason why is not because he was convinced through political argument, but because God himself came after Ollie. Watch. Doing This is not bringing me happiness. Um, I just need to find the person within. And I've actually been finding God. I've been going to church. I've been reading the Bible. Um, so this is actually, I feel like finding God has saved me in the sense that it's, it's given me a direction in life. And it's made me realize that I shouldn't be doing, going through all these drastic changes. I just need to accept who I am the way that God made me. Yeah. And again, I, I believe you put God first on your Instagram mm -hmm. profile there. They're clearly very important to you. And also to make note, you have no attacks towards the trans community or any of that. This is your personal story. And again, you caring about uh, children and their protections as well uh, for making such a major decision at a young age. Ollie London joining us live on National Report with. Amen. God is still changing people's lives. What did Ollie say? I'm reading the Bible and it's changing me. I'm reading the Bible. Who knew? <laughs> it still works. So don't get discouraged, but understand what's happening and understand that God told us this would happen and then gave us an imperative on how to stop it from happening so rapidly and to everybody. And that is to preach the word and to be people of the word and to listen to the word and to grow in the world. Which brings me to the final thing I have to share with you. The deep dive is happening tomorrow night where we dive deep into the Bible and get now into first kings chapter four we are cooking with gas episode five first kings chapter four join me tomorrow night and if you have any questions about any of this content or anything that i share on the channel or something in your life that i may not have talked about send it in to ask at tim Hatch live for the first thursday of every month that is next thursday by the way we won't have the deep end or the deep dive next week we will have 10 questions with tim support the channel if you will thanks so much to all of you who support your money is being put to good use so that we can get this word out advertising dollars is what we need. We want to advertise the show all over the nation. We need to get this content out. If you believe in the deep end, be a deep ender. Be a deep ended depender. Anyway, the deep end is brought to you by TimHatchLive.com. Hey, instead of buying a book that prophesies about when Jesus is coming back, why don't you buy my book? It's called Move. Go on to Amazon.com and search Tim Hatch Move. Buy it if you've read it. Leave a five-star review. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. Leave a review on the podcast app. Like, share, subscribe. Thanks for being here. I will see you tomorrow night for you to learn and grow and change through the teaching of God's word on the deep dive. Take care.